Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the Commentarians. Is this Prairie Home Companion? Is now a part of my permanent vocabulary. <laughs> I saw a squirrel. I am going to point out real quick, this to me is like the most disturbing scene in the entire movie. Stop listening right now and go watch Firefly. Hey, this is my podcast. I'm sorry, sorry, Joe. <laughs> we are saying that not only have we been wounded, we survive, and there's a God who heals of these wounds. Jesus isn't about the isms. Uh, he's about his kingdom. Because it is kind of like this idea that Jesus died for all of our sins, except when you had sex. And Jesus doesn't cover that. Merry Christmas, everyone. How you doing? Uh, I want to welcome you all to this uh, special bonus episode of The Commentarians. And uh, I have a special guest, Olivia Ard. How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, and uh, we decided to drop this bonus episode to talk about a very fun movie uh, called Noel that's uh, on Disney+. And uh, this was your idea, right, Olivia? Yes, um, I watched this when it first came out a couple of years ago, and this year my kids have become obsessed with it, so I just have seen it a lot. And uh, the more that I watch it, the more I love it, so yeah, you know, I think it's it's definitely something worth talking about. Very, very fun. So, uh, yeah, if you guys want to watch with us, I didn't do a coming attractions on this one, so this is a surprise to everyone. But uh, if you want to pause and get to the movie and uh, or just listen, it doesn't matter because uh, we're just going to be talking general broad strokes about this one. But uh, we're, we are paused at zero. Uh, so you're either seeing a Disney logo or all black because... It's still at zeros, and we're going to do the same as always, countdown, three, two, one, then press play, and then you guys press play uh, if you're joining along. Uh, but yes, this is uh, Noel, rated G, right, I think? so. Uh, G or PG, yeah. Yeah, nothing too saucy about this one. Yeah, rated G, 2019, Noel, directed by uh, Mark Lawrence, and written by Mark Lawrence, starring Anna Kendrick, and we'll talk about all that as we get into it, so... Let's get uh, into it. Three, two, one, play. Okay. Give me a original. And uh, let me get the. Uh... Mine's turned. Uh, turn that down a bit so we can. Yes. <laughs> What's this movie about, if you can uh, summarize it a bit? Yeah, so this movie is about um, a girl named Noelle, obviously. <laughs> she and her brother Nick um, are Santa's kids. Um, but Santa is recently passed away. Um, doesn't really say, but it seems like within a few months or so of the beginning of the movie. Mm. So she's helping her brother train to become Santa. But... Um, brother played by bill Hader, i think yeah he uh, <laughs> he's just not feeling it um and he just feels a lot of pressure he's not very good at it doesn't really have any good instincts at being santa <laughs> so she kind of mentions oh well, maybe you just need to get away for the weekend and he does and he doesn't come back <laughs> so she <laughs> has to go find him so that's kind of 
the basic plot. Yeah, it's basically them trying to save Christmas because Santa, the replacement Santa, is uh, not uh, present for the... Right. And uh, apparently he's supposed to be the 14th Santa. So Yes. Uh, yeah. So they have very long lives. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this isn't the guy that, uh, according to, uh, Kirk Cameron beat the living hell out of another, uh, another person with his cane and, uh, <laughs> historically speaking, just slapped the fella. Uh, <laughs> this is a, a different Santa, uh, you know, uh, yeah. in the lineage of Santas, but, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. that I, I'm sorry, but yeah, I, in the coming attractions, I talked about, uh, Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. And uh, what oh, an yeah, still haven't seen that. <laughs> and nor should you, nor should you. But uh, yeah, Santa Claus, or well, you know, Nick. I don't, I don't know what the guy's actual name was, but the man who's yeah. based on, he was at the Council of Nicaea, and uh, he, a, another gentleman who was working on the council, didn't believe that Jesus was the uh, was an actual Messiah, was the actual Messiah. He thought mm -hmm. he was just a dude. Uh, and they got into a heated argument, and Santa Claus slapped the the gentleman, and oh. um, and he's also a saint in the Catholic Church. He's deified. Mm -hmm. He's seen differently in different uh, countries, but uh, that's the basic Santa Claus narrative. And uh, yeah, so here we have uh, Santa actually coming home to a house and uh, to deliver presents, and the kids wake up and find him. But it turns out that these are the kids of Santa Claus. He's actually coming home from his long trip. Yes. Uh, delivering this presents. little girl who plays Noel as a kid, she looks so much like Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Like whoever is thing did a really good job because she is just horrible. Um, also, my four-year-old now says, oh, my garland as an exclamation, which is really cute. Oh, that's so adorable. <laughs> I know. Um, I love how she she kind of likes like uh, regular world stuff like uh, magazines and candy and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is the scene, yeah, where uh, Nick, the uh, her her older brother, gets a Santa hat because this is where he's going to start his training to be the new Santa Claus. Yeah. Merry Christmas! You have a job now. <laughs> <laughs> the entire world depends on you. <laughs> I kind of wonder like how their their parents met. I wonder this every time I watch this. I'm mm. like, is there some kind of like very specific magical dating service that right. they use? Because right. everyone else is an elf except for their family. So where did the <laughs> where did the spouses of Santa come from? Yeah, are, well, they're they're all all the elves are like regular sized folk, right? Yeah, that's true. So maybe she's an elf also, and uh, he just met oh. an elf that he got along with. That's true. So, yeah. And so... But yeah, yeah here... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go please, ahead. please. I was just trying to fill in space. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here she's asking him, well, Nick is, you know, going to be Santa. You're Santa. Like, what's my job? And he's basically just like, your job is to support your brother and make everyone happy. Which is like... <laughs> <laughs> Which could be an important job. I mean, uh, you know, if we're, this is a Christian podcast, so biblically speaking, a lot of the uh, right-hand men of important people have been just as important. Oh, for sure. So yeah. it is an important job, but here's the thing. 
is that what I love about this movie, and, uh, you know, I, like the movie Ratatouille, it's about a rat who wants to be a chef. And the notion of that is that any, the, 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 the main chef that everyone admires, uh, he says anyone can be a chef. You just have to have a passion for it. You know, mm-hmm. and it's the notion that yes, it's it's a rat, so it's a cartoon, but you don't have to be an expert chef or super talented to be a chef. Anyone can be a chef. Is and any and the notion is that you just follow your dreams because anyone can be part of this. You know, can do what they set their minds to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and unfortunately, here for Nick, the uh, the son of Santa, he's not good at it and no. <laughs> he doesn't have a passion for it he's just doing it because it, well i guess it's my job now it gives me really strong george bailey vibes to be honest like he's like i guess i have to do this because this is what my family <laughs> is. But yeah i'm not really into it yeah and he actually wants to leave <laughs> leave the north pole yeah. And, but uh, I see yeah. a beautiful life and everything, so that's just me. Yeah, <laughs> I see the storyline and everything. And uh, but we have Noel, who is huge, a huge fan of Christmas. Just oh, yeah. she loves Christmas more than almost anybody in this town. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like for everybody else, it's just like literally like their job. Like this yeah. is just. It's kind of humdrum, but she is still super into it, and she makes her cards, and which I don't know who she sends cards to, but <laughs> but uh, we just saw Billy Eichner is also in this movie, very funny Billy oh, Eichner, yes. and uh, Ron Funches, comedian Ron Funches, who's uh, one of the uh, carolers. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, because he's in um. He's in uh he's Cooper on the Trolls movies. Oh. I just yeah, that's where I know him from. So <laughs> I don't watch as many kids cartoons as uh <laughs> as, well, as a lot of my not. friends. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love the little baby reindeer. He's yeah, so cute. She has a little pet baby reindeer who flies and is like a little puppy. It's really adorable. Uh no Rudolph. I noticed. Yeah. I guess they just decided to sidestep that, but because all the other ones are named the same, so right. Or maybe this is a a prequel, like you know, Rudolph hasn't been discovered yet. Maybe so. So, (laughs) so uh, which means that we've been uh, kind of uh, you know we've been having a female Santa this entire time. Our whole (laughs) lives has been the if if this is pre Rudolph, and we've always known Rudolph. And Rudolph hasn't arrived yet, then Santa Claus is always a woman in our lifetime. Wow. Shirley MacLaine is such a, like, big name to fill such a small role in this movie, but she is hilarious. So dead. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. And what's great about her is that she's kind of the, the realist. She's like, you know, she knows what the real world is like. And she's fine with it. Mm-hmm. And she knows how to deal with people on, you know, below the North Pole. And mm-hmm. nothing surprises her. While, and again, this movie has um, real elf vibes to it. Because, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
everyone from the North Pole is full of goodness and love and great, you know, and everyone on Earth is like mean and angry and cynical. And, yeah. you know, and so it's a fish out of water thing, which is great. Yes, I, I I said that to my husband the other day, actually. I was like, this is like Elf, but for like people who are a little less cynical and maybe haven't had a soul-crushing job. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, um, I love in like the scene, when we've already passed it, but when she's in her bedroom and she's like, I don't need you to do anything for me. And she's like, you would literally die without me. And then she's like, oh, can you wash my underwear? <laughs> like, you kind of do need her. <laughs> and here we have uh again uh now nick is trying to get out of being santa or no no he's sick and injured because he can't land a sleigh right yeah <laughs> which apparently requires a cold compress and a mercury thermometer but yeah. we're not gonna <laughs> you know when... <laughs> That's what that's what happened when I was in football and I got tackled really bad. They just put a cold compress on my head and they took my temperature to, to make sure I didn't get a fever from the giant hit I took. And I love how Cousin Gabe is just like literally just standing there in a hoodie. Everybody else is in there. I know. <laughs> Big Christmassy stuff. Well, they're like the tech guys. They're, yeah. Uh, they, they're developing apps and uh, and computers and systems to deliver gifts more efficiently so mm -hmm. yeah i think that's a good little outfit for them they're very silicon valley oh, types <laughs> very startup startup uniform for sure <laughs> and then of course we'll find out that they're also very by the numbers they, they don't care about emotion or yes you know, or uh, complexity of the human being <laughs> they're just yes or no that's all which is very tech-like very <laughs> very silicon <laughs> valley I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at Bill Hader's face. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> he's, so uh, he's so perfect for this role. Yeah. He is a great comedian. He is so, a great comedic actor. He's. Uh, I've been watching him and Barry, but I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? It's very good. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I've heard it's I've heard really good things. Because he's in Barry, he's kind of like a, a sociopath. Where he just doesn't have emotions, uh, but it doesn't make him a terrible person, but it makes it easier for him to, because he's an assassin in that, so he's able uh -huh. to carry out his job without feeling very much guilt. Uh, and, it, you know, they don't play it up for, like, you know, jokes or anything. It's a problem that he has, because he, it, it screws, it messes with his, emo with his relationships with other people also. It makes him uh -huh. very hard to be, att you know, attentive to other people. But he plays it so well because it makes the comedy even better because he has such a deadpan delivery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so now she's like trying to help. Like I guess like this is the equivalent of flashcards. She's like drilling him on naughty or nice. Look yeah. at this picture side. <laughs> and she knows all this stuff that I guess is presumably not even written on the back of the card or anything because. But she has the. Uh... <laughs> I love I love the whole references to iPads over and over again. Yes, like everyone wants an iPad, <laughs> but it, it, that that's it's kind of like a thing where she has this this um, this talent, which Santa Claus has, which is to be able to discern a person's you know 
goodness or badness and what they want just instinctually. Mm-hmm. And uh, she thinks that everybody has it. She thinks, well, Nick has to have it because he's the Santa Claus. So, of course, he has it. I, I have it and he has it too. Like, she doesn't even consider that she might be more special. Yeah. And, like, just there, she's like, oh, Santa can speak every language. And he, and, you know, can't you do that? And he's like, no, I'd use Google Translate. So, <laughs> you know, but that this is still not throwing up any red flags for folks of maybe he is not supposed to be Santa. Um, but. <laughs> she's trying so hard and he's there falling down a chimney funny enough this is interesting there's uh you know the um how you, you can kind of stream the uh the fireplace video on your screen mm-hmm. they have that on hulu for several different things like they have kittens uh playing with presents and doggies playing with presents there's one that's kind of like a fireplace one, except that it's Santa's legs sticking out the bottom of the <laughs> chimney. So he's essentially stuck. And so for 47 minutes, you just see these dangling legs trying to kick itself out of the chimney. You know, they just oh swing gosh. back and forth and move. And you kind of hear them like, oh, oh, almost got it. And, you know, for 47 <laughs> minutes, that's all it is. <laughs> is there a fire in the fireplace too? No, no, no. It's, it's supposedly oh. at night, you know, while he's delivering presents, everybody's in bed and he's stuck in this chimney. That is funny. I'm going to have to find that. That's <laughs> so uh, what uh, Christmas movies do you like? Um, you know, are there t- a particular type or... <laughs> I like a wide range. I used to be very picky, um, but I kind of got out of my um, snobbery as I got older and realized that there's more to life than being serious. Sure. (laughs) Um, So I like some of the classics. I do love It's a Wonderful Life. It is kind of a bummer to me. Um, So I don't generally watch it until after Christmas. Um, But I feel like it's just kind of tangentially a Christmas movie anyway. Um, Love White Christmas. Could watch it every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of the year, um, and I do. I watch it throughout the year. I don't just watch it during Christmas time. It's pretty great. Um, just I love like the just classic like lots of just random singing and tap dancing and yeah you know, that kind of thing. Love Christmas Vacation. We watched that last night. That's, it's a pretty solid comedy. <laughs> yes, it is. It. it it's just endlessly quotable and it's just, it's, it's really funny. Um, Die Hard, I do consider it a Christmas movie it and has, it is one of the. Yeah, it has all the elements of a Christmas movie. It takes place on Christmas, just Christmas music. It's about family coming together. It's got everything exactly. that a Christmas movie should have just because it's an action movie. You know, it doesn't make it not. Exactly. So. Like I used to think that was like a joke or whatever, but the last like the last few times I watched it, I was like, "This is a Christmas movie." I mean, it's it's yeah. it has a happy ending. <laughs> and instead, and I really... go ahead. <laughs> oh, go. No, no, you're fine. Go oh, ahead. well, what's funny is that there is snow at the end, but it's actually the ash from the burning building. <laughs> <laughs> so there's even like this scene where like John McClane and his wife are hugging and it's snowing, but it's really ash. It's it's pretty perfect that they were able to, you know, do that. Yeah. I love that character, too. I actually just watched a video on YouTube about it, which is why it's fresh on my mind. But I just love how like 
he's so funny in that movie. And like all these people are dying. It's like this very serious movie, but he's just like, you're such an idiot, John. Come on. <laughs> like, he's just talking to himself and it's just, it works. It's great. Yeah. I don't know that the actors would have been able to pull that off as well as he did, but yeah. it's good. And I really love uh, the man who invented Christmas, ah. um, which is also summer, but it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, so. you, you'll be happy this month then because that's the movie we're doing in the main episode. So, yeah, me and yeah. Uh, Gina DeFonzo, who's a fan favorite, mm-hmm. people love it when we have her on, just <laughs> can talk endlessly about Charles Dickens, has so much great information, and, you know, just talking about what kind of an artist he was, you know, how he worked, it was great. It was just a great conversation. I am looking forward to listening to that because I know Gina knows more about Charles Dickens than probably anyone that I know. (laughs) So I I always learn so much uh, from her anytime that he comes up in conversation. So I'm looking forward to listening to that. Um, And the Muppet Christmas Carol, I would have to say is my last like died in the wool. Have to watch this this year. Sure. That, that, and that has to be one of the better uh, Christmas Carol adaptations. One of certainly one of the best. Cause just cause it's, it's the only so one fun. I watched. Yeah, it's it's the one. It's, it's the best one. It's funny. It's fun. It follows all the beats. It does it well. It's great. I like the music. Yeah, the yeah. casting's really good. So, so uh, yeah. Again, uh, in the movie, uh, Nick just got you know he got officially, you know, t- said that he's uh, or. That he is Santa. Yeah. And I love the puffins also. That <laughs> yeah. They just they're just in the background always. And she has like all these like rare limited edition toys in her room, which I love. <laughs> um, but now she is just like persona non grata throughout right. the entire North Pole. Everybody's mad at her. And, um, you know, she's, she's been living in the Santa's family bubble, kind of like on 30 rock where they talk about the handsome bubble. I don't know if you've seen 30 rock. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Where John Hamm's character lives in the handsome bubble and he actually can't do anything. So her bubbles popped and she's like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah. In the, in that John Hamm is a successful uh, doctor. But he doesn't know how to be a doctor. He was just given the job because he's so handsome. <laughs> he keeps screwing up to the point where yeah. eventually he only has hooks for hands because he's also <laughs> incredibly clumsy. Yes, yes. And it just reminds me, one of the best jokes is uh, when he, he he tries to pull down a painting from the wall and he, he tears it apart with his hooks. He's like, oh, <laughs> that, was, that, was my la- that was my last ungashed painting. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so now uh, everybody hates Noel. So Shirley MacLaine uh, comes and tells her, "Well, you have to fix this. You know, things are ruined because of something that you did." Which again, it isn't totally her fault. She tried to help, but now it's her job to uh, to bring her brother back home because he went out way on vacation and he's just is no one knows where he is. Exactly. 
Well, and like, I'm just now thinking about this, but it's really just a good example of people who think they know, like, oh, I know how to help. And (laughs) they just make things worse because they just don't know what they don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And they go to Phoenix, Arizona, because that's where the sun is. Yes. (laughs) For people who are not, you know, familiar with the United States. (laughs) They just know Phoenix. I was about to say, I sunny. know what Phoenix is like in the winter, but I know it is just very hot pretty much all the time. Yeah. It's so. from what I understand. And so Noel's deciding to go to take the uh, the reindeer down south to Arizona to find her brother. And so, hmm, I had questions okay. I wanted to bring up. But uh, they're escaping me. So, I there's another great Christmas movie that's on Hulu called Dear Santa. And speaking about, because this is a big theme uh, in this movie, is giving and especially charitable giving. Uh, Dear mm-hmm. Santa is a documentary which is incredibly, it's an incredible tearjerker uh, where it's about uh, peop- uh, Santa's elves, basically, which are people who get letters from the post office from under less than fortunate uh, children who are less fortunate and mm-hmm. they actually buy them gifts. And mm-hmm. so it's just different organizations, different people who just buy gifts for kids who can't, whose parents can't afford presents or who maybe are orphans. And it's, and so they try to raise money. They try to get donations and stuff. And they try to deliver gifts that they, that they ask for and Boy, it is. It, oh, it's such a beautiful like kind of movie. It's it's a movie that really lets you see the how good people could be. Okay, I'm gonna make a note to watch that because that sounds really good. You yeah. said it's called Dear Santa. It's Dear Santa, yeah. And so of course okay. they all call themselves elves. So you know okay. they they show up. Hi, we're Santa's elves. We're here to represent Santa here, and we're delivering gifts for, you know, for you kids. And it's oh. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I like that. <clears throat> um, <laughs> <laughs> <so they're> like, <laughs> I love the little animations on the like sleighs dash <laughs> yeah. screen, whatever that's for. <laughs> they don't do that great of a job of keeping Santa a secret. They right. really don't. <laughs> I mean, they're not just... like a North Pole Prime directive of some Yeah. Kind. <laughs> <laughs> Not even try to be a little inconspicuous. Just but maybe there is, and she's just clueless about that too. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, oh, and I guess that's part of the idea, right? People are so not believing in Santa. They they believe in Santa so little that even the most obvious hints, you know, they they ignore. Oh, true. Yeah. Which is another theme in uh, some of these Christmas movies. Ad's very elf. Yeah. Very elf. <laughs> and so uh, because Nick is gone and there is no Santa, they make uh, their cousin, who is played by Billy Eichner, what's his name? Gabriel. They make him Gabe. the new Santa. Uh, until, you know, until <laughs> Nick comes back. Yeah, he's not dealing with, like, the hat and the beard or anything. He's, yeah. like, 
I gotta say, I would probably do the same thing that he's doing now, which maybe is something that I need to reflect on. I would definitely <laughs> just want to digitize everything and outsource it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that's maybe something I need to think about. <laughs> it's a more efficient way of delivering presents, just yeah. getting Amazon to do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a, a, a story in This American Life that is, uh, you know, it, usually they tell real stories and they do about real people, but there's sometimes they do like a, like a fictional story that somebody wrote. And it was this one. David yeah. And so, for example, yeah. And they did one story where Santa, uh, Mrs. Claus passes away. And so now Santa's not with her. And he finds a pen that she gave to him. And he remembers the day that she gave him the pen. He got upset because I'm Santa Claus. I give you gifts. I'm the one that's supposed to give you gifts, not the other way around. I don't need anything. I can get, you know, it's all, I want to give you presents. And now when he's looking at this pen, he realizes that the joy that he gets from giving gifts, he has been depriving her from. And so Ooh. it's kind of this thing to reflect on that uh, sometimes, you know, because we try to be humble. We try to tell people, no, 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 don't get me anything. I don't want anything. Sometimes the giving is its own gift. It's like people want to give you things because uh, they're, uh, you know. It, it gives them joy to do something nice. Oh, yeah. that's that's That sounds really good. That's very convicting. Yeah. I'm, I'm really bad about that. Yeah, or if people are coming over, they ask what they can bring. And I'm like, oh, you don't have to bring anything. But, you know, I like to bring things when I go somewhere. So, you know. Right. Yeah, I love this. I love Polly reading Men's Health. I love the Petco guy. <laughs> I just love all of it. <laughs> And so, yeah, we have uh, Noel now trying to find, and oh boy, the reindeer are kind of very well trained, apparently, where they're standing still. And so people are just trying to feed them all kinds of treats and they're just standing still. <laughs> oh, the, the Petco guy, he's like, I'm just selling them birdseed. And she's like, oh, they love birdseed. That's exactly <laughs> I wonder what, what what do reindeer eat? I hear carrots. I was are... about to say I, I don't know that bird seed would be great for um, that type of mammal. <laughs> yeah, because what, what we've been told is that carrots are good for your eyes, and yeah, uh, reindeer they need <laughs> that. Yeah. So vegetables, I suppose. You know. I guess whatever they feed horses. I mean, they're close enough, right? In yeah, family. and like horses, apples, sugar, you know. Yeah. Salt licks. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm Googling this right now. I'm, I'm wondering yeah, what their diet is. <laughs> but, oh, but I love uh, Noel's outfit. Oh, she, I know. Of course, has this great Christmassy coat, but also this big poofy hat thing she looks like a toddler and i love it yeah with giant mittens <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Okay, so they eat lichen. That's not really fun. That's lichen. not fun. What, what, mm-hmm. What's lichen? <laughs> like vampires or what, what is that? No, that's werewolves. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Lichen, it, like L-I-C-H-E-N. It's like that weird mossy looking stuff that grows on trees. So oh. that's. Oh, well, how am I supposed to get that? I don't know if Petco, yeah, Petco has that. <laughs> I don't think they like it, no. And <laughs> <laughs> they say that um, Nick's uh, Santa suit, suit looks way too cheap to, uh, to, p- to pass for the real thing, so that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> And again, and that, that's another cute thing about this is that, oh, and that's very much the Santa Claus also, yes. is that uh, your suit doesn't fit you until you fit it. Exactly. So you kind of have to become a Santa Claus for the suit to accept you as, as the Santa Claus, mm-hmm. which obviously Nick is not. He's not exactly. very good at that. And so, and again, I was, again, very elf-like. She now went to find a public invest, uh, private investigator to find her brother and uh, ran into another very cynical person who, uh, you know, he's losing his his Christmas cheer. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, my brother's missing. And he's like, why are you wearing wool in Arizona? <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Yeah. I, I'm kind of a, a, I try to be a dapper gentleman. I tried to dress up nice. And when I first decided I was going to start, to, you know, dressing nicer, I'm thinking, I said, I'm going to be an adult. I'm going to start buying uh, sports coats and, you know, nice button down shirts and nice shoes. And that's what I'm going to wear. And I didn't know the rules very well. So I wore that to the beach once at a beach party. Oh, no. <laughs> I actually wore like a suit and thought, no, 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 it's not a suit because I'm wearing dark wash jeans. <laughs> more, that's more oh. casual. <laughs> so I wore basically a suit to the beach because uh, I, you know, I thought that that's what a gentleman does. And <laughs> I mean, there's worse things that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you you were very comfortable that day. No, though. no, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, just trying to pay him in <laughs> chocolate coin, <laughs> which is real gold, just with chocolate in there. Yes. <laughs> so let me ask this: We have this movie Noel on uh, Disney Plus. We have, if you go to Disney Plus, there's a whole holiday section. Hawkeye is very Christmas centered. Any mm-hmm. streaming service, any streaming service, Netflix, Hulu, HBO. Max even has a holiday Christmas section. Mm-hmm. How's that war on Christmas coming? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean it says holiday; it doesn't say Christmas. So, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but these are all Christmas movies. I don't. I, I don't. I, yeah, I think a, in a, a very odd society. Thing. Yeah, because, I mean, Christmas is so commercialized. It's not even really just a religious holiday anymore, and it hasn't been for a long time. So, you know, if it's if people are, are um, making money off of it, it's not going to go away anytime soon. So yeah. <laughs> it's safe. <laughs> it's very safe. 
Yeah, and so it just seems silly to say that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, they're they're trying to destroy Christmas when Christmas is everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. especially at a time like this when we're so divided, and so Christmas is all over the place. And uh, yes. it reminds me of uh, uh, the band, the punk band Bad Religion. <laughs> they mm-hmm. put out a Christmas album. And they called it Christmas songs. And most of them are like gospel-centered Christmas songs. And it's one of my favorite because it's actually very good. I totally recommend anybody listen to it because it's very good. It is very hard rock, but it is very good. Very catchy songs and great harmonies. Anyway, uh, they, uh, I heard an interview with a guitarist, Brett Gerowitz, who said they called it Christmas songs because... You know, all these people who try to say that there's a war on Christmas, that we hate Christmas. We don't. We love Christmas. And, uh, you know, I say Merry Christmas to my friends, none of whom are Christian. I say Happy Christmas to my British friends who are not Christian. Everyone loves Christmas, so we called it Christmas songs to let people know Mm -hmm. that we love Christmas. You know, people love Christmas. There's no war on Christmas. It's a silly idea. I mean, if you want to make the argument that they're trying to take Jesus out of it, I guess you can make that argument. But I don't even think people care that much. No, I mean, to me, it's just like it's not really my business if someone celebrates it in a completely secular way. Like that's their business. It's not detracting from me at all. So Um, and I like all the secular stuff, too. Like I am a Christian, but tear up the Santa movies and, you know, all that stuff. I you know, I love it all. There's room for it all. It's so. all joy and happiness and and, and exactly. good cheer. Um, <laughs> I even I even like Nightmare Before Christmas, even though like that was not really something that I was allowed to watch or whatever when I was growing up. Mm. Um, yeah, but like I, it's okay. It's not my favorite. Maybe just because I'm only saw it as an adult but my kids love it really and i think they just love it because they i know it's it's kind of scary but they love it huh. um but you know i think they just like this like oh it's halloween it's christmas yeah it's all just this happy <laughs> fun stuff all together um i do think so. that it's a little overrated for all the adult teenagers who like going to hot topic and buying all the Nightmare Before Christmas clothes and stuff. It's a fine movie. I don't think it's, it's fine. Yeah. great like uh, some folk believe that it is. Yeah, I mean, I love the animation. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Um, the music's fun, you know, but it's like, it's okay. It's it's fine. Yeah. Um, but I feel the same way because I'll always get, like, an email from one of my favorite stores that's like, all of our fun, nerdy Halloween uh, uh, holiday stuff is here. And I'm like, oh, cool. And like literally 75% of it is all Nightmare Before Christmas. And I'm like, I just don't get it. I just I don't understand. <laughs> like, like there are other Christmas movies. <laughs> so. and, and speaking of kind of like a Christmas kind of horror scary thing, a great Christmas movie is Anna and the Apocalypse, which is mm. a, it's, it's, it is a Christmas zombie musical so it's literally a a musical about a girl whose town is overrun by zombies 
and her and her friends try to survive the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the onslaught of zombies. And it takes place during Christmas. And the songs are great. They are catchy and fun and great. And it's a great story. And just everything about it is great. It's all Christmassy and stuff. So that's another great one if you, if you don't mind the uh, gore and the, you know, the violence. But uh, if you like Shaun of the Dead kind of thing, it's, it's very, very good. Anna and the Apocalypse. Like literally, is that streaming? I'm not sure. I think you have to rent it, unfortunately. Because yeah. I, I, I don't know why it didn't get more popular. I think it was kind of like an independent movie, but uh, the soundtrack's great. I kind of want to pick up the record because it's totally worth listening to. Cool. <laughs> so basically all the children are going to be getting these like email performance reviews which is just like kind of further cementing Gabe as like the heartless corporate presence <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but what did he say only like 2,000 kids are getting gifts <laughs> Something like that. Some ridiculously low amount. Yeah. Um, because they're not perfect. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, considering the kids that I've seen, I work in a supermarket, 2000 actually seems kind of high if we're talking about naughty <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I imagine. Especially this time of year. Yeah. Gosh. But no, I, I got to say, I love kids. I And what's funny is that when I talk to kids... I've always talked to them like like adults. I, not not that I cuss or say anything like that, but I don't no, you like just talk to them like they're people. Like they're yeah. people, and kids for some reason really really like it. And from what I'm told, it's because yeah, they they kind of feel like you're talking to them like normal. Mm-hmm. And you know, they not that they can tell a difference between you know like kid talk or adult talk, but they like that you're being that they're being talked to. And so, yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually would love. I, I'm trying. I'm practicing my ho ho hos. I would love to play Santa someday for kids. Like if a neighbor wants me to come over in a Santa suit and give out gifts and do all that stuff, I, I would. I would love to do that because I had friends back when I lived in L.A who were trying to make it in Hollywood and stuff. And so part a job that they had were dressing up as characters and going to kids' birthday parties. And they said mm-hmm. it was the worst job, having to wear this oh, super yeah. hot suit in the backyard while kids are you know misbehaving and running around and just being jerks. But when you're an Elmo or an Elmo knockoff, because <laughs> most of these suits aren't the actual, like I think uh, Dora the Explorer is a uh, exp- uh, Hispanic explorer. <laughs> I think it's what the character that they were. But they said that when you show up and these kids see you, they they love you because they see that character. And so as horrible as the job is, when these kids come and hug you, like it's the most wonderful feeling they said, and I'm like, ah, I, I'd like to experience that sometime. I, you know, yeah. and I got a good ho 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 going, so maybe someday, you know, not not yeah, not like I a mall Santa, but certainly at a party. Yeah. Oh no, mall Santa! That's how you get every single virus known to man. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> um. 
So she and Jake, the PI, they're at, I think, a homeless shelter. Is yeah. that correct? Um, yeah, just to see if her brother's at um, any of them. And oh, and uh, yeah, this is very Miracle on 34th Street, where she starts yes. talking to a family, uh, to a, a mom and her daughter, and the daughter's deaf. And she, Noelle discovers that she now knows sign language, which she didn't know before. <laughs> And this is a lead up to one of my favorite lines in the movie, oh. uh, because they they ask her, "Did she study ASL in college?" And she's like, "No, I majored in." I can't remember what she says, but it's <laughs> oh, a popcorn string or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Well, well, when it comes up, I'll yeah. I'll say it here. An iPad. <laughs> an iPad. Yeah, another kid wants an iPad. <laughs> Here it is. Majored in calligraphy, minored in popcorn stringing. And <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, this is a great scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's locked yourself. So they're in. at a convenience store, and she's just hopped right in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> And again, then this is like a perfect little moment because uh, the private investigator who's helping her also has his son with him, and he's trying to <laughs> be a good father, but he can't quite get things right, like you know, cooking breakfast and such. And he, but he tries, and that's uh, you know, he feels he's not doing good enough, but even his kids like appreciates that yeah. his dad is trying. Yeah, yogurt pants. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love the dynamic between the PI and his kid. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the dad and kid and chef. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That's one of my favorites, but not not especially. It's just like you can see that like they're he's trying so hard to connect with him, right. and he doesn't really know how to do it. I have never made hot chocolate with melted chocolate, I have to say. Really? No. Because hmm. uh, there's the, um, and they can, they're usually in the, uh, in the uh, foreign section of supermarkets in like the Mexican section where you get like the salsas and stuff. Oh, the abuelita. Yeah. yeah. Those hard yeah, to- bricks of chocolate that you... Mel- you mm-hmm. basically put them in, uh, you, you boil milk, and you toss a couple of those triangles in. They make very good chocolate, I got to say. Yeah. Very I need rich. To do- very rich. I need to do that. My husband probably grew up with that. His mom is, um, her family's from Mexico, so he grew up with a lot of that, that stuff, and I just grew up with Swiss Miss, so <laughs> I really And Nick is teaching a Christmas yoga class, which I love so I much. It's kind of funny to me that they didn't set this in LA. They set it in Phoenix because I feel like Christmas yoga would totally be a yeah. thing in LA. <laughs> there is all kinds of yoga in LA and my friends did. 
the uh I don't know what kind of yoga. I don't know their names, but there's one where you're basically in a sweat lodge. You're in a, in a room that's oh, over 100 yoga. degrees. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do that. And that's, I do yoga a lot, but I don't do that. <laughs> really? I, I need to do yoga, especially now. I just got out of a, you know hip replacement surgery, and I got an infection, and had to take all kinds oh, of yeah. medicines. And so I've been stuck on the couch and laying in bed for most of the time. And so now I'm, my muscles are very tight. And so, yes, it is so great. Like the thing that I love about yoga is that it's almost like instant gratification. Mm. Like if you do it, it might be really hard, but like literally the next time you do it, you'll be able to do it better. You can tell a difference really fast. That's good. Um, and, uh, I do a lot of like you hold a stretch for like five minutes and it like really helps your ligaments and your joints and that kind of thing. So right. yeah, it's, it's wonderful. This is one of the, oh, the sunblock. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the funnier scenes because she doesn't know what sunblock is, and so she's trying it, and it, she tastes it, and it tastes terrible, but it smells good. <laughs> so, <laughs> it smells like it should taste good. <laughs> and so she rubs it on her face, and it ends up in her eyes. <laughs> yes. I love that she like gets so frustrated and she's like, what do you like about this product? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was going to say something about yoga, but I completely forgot because Anna Kendrick is I'm so, sorry. no, she's so charming and funny <laughs> that I completely forgot what I was about to say about yoga. But anyway, yeah, uh, the thing that I, the few times that I've done yoga, the thing that I really liked is you're doing these really tough movements and it's exhausting and it's tiring and your muscles ache. And then there's the, where you just lay flat. Shavasana, my favorite. And that is the most relaxing thing because when you work out at a gym, you're just lifting weights or you're on the treadmill. There's nothing like that. You just sit down yeah, you're just and done. you rest. Yeah. Right. But in yoga, part of it is just laying flat on your stomach. And it's the most relaxing thing that you're do that you can do after doing all that stuff. And it's yeah. it's an incredible feeling. It is like the studio that I go to, the lady, she like she has pillows and blankets and all this stuff. You do it for like ten minutes, she gives you a little massage. Oh my <sighs> gosh. I feel like my consciousness just floats out of my body for a minute. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, other exercises need to have stuff like that. Yeah, I know. Because again, if you're at the gym just sitting down and resting, that doesn't do it for some reason. It doesn't mm -hmm. relax you the way that just a flat laying flat does for some reason. And I don't know why that specifically does it, but boy. Yeah. It, well, it like, really hits the spot. It's hard to like cool down. It's like either you're weightlifting or you're not. There's not really like a transition, right. you know. Yeah, that's so true. with laying down, like you know, holding a position, holding a pose for a certain amount of time, that is kind of what you've been doing the whole time with yoga. It's just a little different, so it's a little easier mm. transition. But yeah. I will recommend yoga to anyone for everything, though. It's like where I get all of my hippy dippy spiritualist stuff out. <laughs> so, but it's also it just makes me feel really good. So sure, yeah. 
And uh, yeah, from what I'm told, it's basically you're moving in a way that your body was never meant to, or not not that it was never that you don't do now. That back in the day, you know, back mm-hmm. when we worked out in the fields and we did physical labor, we moved our body much differently, and our body was meant, you know, kind of used to that. Yes. And now we're just sitting at a desk all day, or we're just jogging. Mm-hmm. Our bodies don't move the way that they're supposed to. And so yeah, body I mean, even I'm sure you're on your feet at your job a lot because you said you work at a grocery store. I used yeah. to do that too. It's really hard on your ankles and your feet and your knees and everything because yeah. you're standing yeah. on that hard floor all day. And it's just, I, I haven't, I used to have like chronic um, shoulder and elbow pain and I just don't anymore mm-hmm. now that I do. And I'm not, I don't do it a lot. Like I do it like maybe once or twice a, a week, but it's just learning how to, move my shoulders used to get so stiff and yeah yeah said that's not really what our bodies were designed to do no no shame in it it's just yeah, you know yeah, sure. evolutionarily speaking it's very new um, <laughs> <laughs> but we haven't we haven't adapted for that yet <laughs> yeah so and the reindeer are just like walking around <laughs> eating people's food <laughs> taking selfies they're very chill yeah are they like sentient beings, I wonder, because they just don't really seem to need a lot of supervision. Yeah, I, I think that it might be because they seem to follow orders very well and they, they're very, you know, they're wearing <laughs> 3D <laughs> goggles and <laughs> sunglasses. Oh, uh, that's great. I don't think I've ever noticed that before, the VR helmet. <laughs> I love all of the various ways that Polly is covering up her elf ears. Yeah. That's what I looked like when I was learning how to drive a stick. (laughs) She's still wearing sweaters. And, like, what is his aesthetic right now? Because he's wearing, like, a t-shirt and then, like, a very businessy blazer. And it's, like, I guess that's a look. I don't know. Yeah. It just looks like he just kind of threw together whatever he had in his car to me. (laughs) I don't know. And it's interesting that Noelle still hasn't picked up on uh, on her talents, or it doesn't signal anything to her. Yeah, and I feel like it's because like um, it's because like no, like it's been so reinforced that like Nick is Santa, Santa's a man, Santa's always been a man. It's like she hasn't even occurred to even think about her own talents like that, you know. Yeah. I feel like she's constantly downplaying herself and kind of behaving. She's very childish, but it seems almost like a conditioned way to be because that's just how people have treated her. Right. And yeah, she has been, she even talks about that before, like, you know, in a while that, uh, she's never really known anything. She's just been treated like, you know, like nobody really appreciates her cards, which she's very good at doing and uh, making. And she helps, but you know, it's very, uh, it's a very thankless job. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like a terrible apology. 
and very um, 2,837 nice children in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon Prime. Um, uh, yeah, I I don't know that it even really warrants discussion because the mom isn't really that big a part of the plot. But like, I don't love that apology. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> I'm going to leave the mic for a second, but I'm still listening. I just need to let my dog out because he's very... And that's the most adorable reindeer. I know. He's so cute. It's, it's CGI, but still very adorable. I know. I just want to pick him up. white polar poodle <laughs> oh boy <laughs> and then he's trying to communicate with her Apparently the, very, go ahead. Like, no, you go ahead. No, I'm like, I didn't know that there was like a sightseeing tour in Phoenix. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I was like, wow, that's very helpful. Just just proactively say, hey, this is where we're going, by the way. Because <laughs> Gabe again disappeared. Or not Gabe. Gabe is the, the other fellow, the cousin. Nick. Nick disappeared and he went to a yoga retreat. <laughs> it did give him very dog-like characteristics yeah. but I'm fine because it's so cute <laughs> it's just adorable He, he pulls off the hippie vibe really, really well. So good. Like, this whole scene, I went to a very um, kind of off-the-beaten-path type of liberal arts college, and this mm -hmm. just looks like, this is just like a very nostalgic vibe for me. <laughs> like, just chilling out. <laughs> Silent meditation. That's why he's not talking to her. So. 
And so he's trying to tell her what time the silence um, in <laughs> with nonverbal yeah. uh, communication, but it's just not working. Yeah. Which is interesting because she could generally read people's, you know, understand people. But I think that that just shows how bad he is at this. <laughs> oh, and also, like, is she really trying that hard to understand? <laughs> right. That's true. No. <laughs> Um, so she's like begging him basically to come back and fix everything because cousin Gabe's ruining Christmas and, (laughs) but that was, you know, she's still being a little pushy, but she respected the boundary and walked away. So that's something, but yeah, I really, really relax. Oh, relax. Sorry, I was reading the, the captions. <laughs> I really, um, this is why I can't um, read and talk at the same time. No, I really identify with Nick of just like try so hard to do something that's just not working until you like basically burn out and like have to just hide from it. So I found yeah. that very relatable. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure everybody does. <laughs> Especially like, and I still do that as an adult, uh, though I try to face things more head on. But when I get like uh, a bill, like, you know, in the past when I've gone to the hospital and, you know, I get this giant bill, I'm just, I'm going to take a nap and hopefully when I wake up, this will be good. (laughs) This will go away. And you know, it's like the more I drag this out, the harder it will be to handle. Yeah. Love oh, oh, yeah, Shirley MacLaine now got like an 80s metal haircut to cover the ears. It's pretty great. <laughs> and like one of those like airbrushed wolf t-shirts. Um, <laughs> it was a quick little scene, but I love when the dad is, uh, when uh, the, the private investigator's kid tells him he likes cooking. And he's like, why didn't you tell me? He said, I, I didn't think you would like that I liked it. And he was like, I like everything you do. I just thought that was like... A nice little nugget of, like, some good parenting. There's not a lot of good parenting in movies. Um, Parents are normally just, like, really bad as a plot point. So (laughs) Um, it was just nice to see that just thrown in there. And also seeing, like, he's giving his son what Nick and Noel didn't really get growing up because they weren't really affirmed in who they are. They were kind of just, like, pushed into these roles. Yeah. That they... So, so now, so now. <laughs> yeah, Nick is going to play Santa at the Santa Mall, but he's not really the Santa. So they're kind mm-hmm. of just sneaking in. <laughs> and of course, it's someone who doesn't speak a language that he speaks. It's Punjabi, I think, and... But Noel understands it. Yeah. And this is where it's like, come on, guys, you're you're so close to getting it. <laughs> come on. <laughs> and an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> and then a very rotten kid. Oh yes. Oof. Okay. 
Yeah, she is truly atrocious. Have you been been a good girl? I don't see how that's any of your business. (laughs) I feel like that's my my future with my four-year-old. She has that energy in space. (laughs) (laughs) Not that she's a bad kid, just like that. It's near business. I love how the parents just believe it. They're not like, hey, random lady, how do you, yeah. <laughs> how do you, know, <laughs> you know that? Kid? They're just like, yeah, that sounds right. And he's treating the kids kind of like customers, too. I mean, he yeah. just did that like next. And, you know, that's kind of what Gabe is doing, too. I never noticed that before, that they're kind of both doing the job badly in a different way. And, yeah, the kid brings, uh, you know, uh, the the email that Gabe sent to all the kids. And this kid <laughs> sent, <laughs> sent the, like showed it to Santa. And he's like, what's uh. this about? And now, now Nick is trying, is like realizing what his absence has created yes which is again like it's a wonderful life yeah (laughs) it's in every movie (laughs) it's very christmassy it's a very christmas kind of thing that uh, uh we belong and we uh you know our absence does ruin things for people Mm-hmm. except for mary Mary could have been a very confident librarian and live in an ocean yeah. of books. And he took that away yeah. from her. <laughs> I'm joking, yeah. of course. But. Oh, yeah. Like, honestly, that was, that was the... I don't love their relationship. I used to, and then I watched it as an adult. And I was like, wow, he is really terrible to her. Um, <laughs> she sacrifices so much. So much. And Yeah, and I, and I get it. You know, for the for in in the world of the movie, right? Know, she yeah. loves the town as much as he does, and so mm-hmm. yeah. And like uh, we, a friend of ours, uh, just watched "It's a Wonderful Life" for the first time, and she really didn't like it because he's just a bad person. And I don't think he's totally a bad person, George Bailey. Because he is. Oh, he's not. He needs therapy. He's been through a lot of stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so like, he's, he's not a perfect person. He's just taking it out loud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because he does love people. He does love his town. He would have abandoned the town to Mr. Potter long ago if he, you know, if he didn't love people. But just when he when he helped that family mm-hmm. buy a house was such an amazing thing that he did. And just giving people money. And they're like, no, 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 I can't take your money. Like, no, no, no. And he made them feel better by saying, you're borrowing this and you can pay us back whenever you can. But, Mm -hmm. you know, consider it a loan so that they'll take it. And he just helps people endlessly. And then when, you know, he does lose his temper at times and he is (laughs) very mean. But, uh, yeah, and it's it's the weight of all of that, you know, trauma and all the bad stuff that's happened to his family and to him and all of his dreams being kind of crushed before he can try to, you know, every time he tries to leave, 
he has to stay and all this obligation and responsibility. And it's like, it's just too much for one person to carry. And, um, um, and I think if you view it with that in mind, it's, you know, it's still a wonderful movie. I just remember as a little kid thinking like, Oh, they have like the best relationship and all this stuff. And then as I watched it as an adult, I was like, wow, he's kind of abusive. Um, but also kind of relate to him, especially when he yells at his kids, um, when he's so stressed out and then immediately apologizes. And it's, you know, it's a good, it's a good movie. It is. It's very good. And (laughs) what's with, uh, is is this a wig that, uh, that Gabriel is wearing? Yeah. It's like a barrister wig, but in like a hipster (laughs) man bun kind of thing. Um, so I guess he's just kind of updating the look. And this is very interesting because he is the, he is the acting Santa, and he there is a council that makes decisions, but he because he's Santa he runs everything like they have no power. Mm-hmm. the The council has no power, uh, you know, because Santa holds it all. And uh, it's, that's kind of a topic that. Uh, that has been talked about in recent uh, months. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of like, what's the point of the council if this one guy can just override everything? Yeah. For example, maybe off the top of my head, I don't know, maybe a church. Yeah. <laughs> if that's, just off the top of my head. It's, it's a, you know, Something. If that yeah. could happen. <laughs> Nah, corrupt leadership and inefficient, inefficient leadership. No. No. <laughs> so, um, my computer is freezing up. Can you still hear me, though? I can. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I guess as long as that's the case, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Noel, because uh, the real she Santa punched. showed up, or uh, you know, the the Santa that's supposed to sit in the, you know, in the mall. Uh, he shows up, and so Noel got very upset and attacked him. And then security tried to take her away, and she kicked him. And so now they put her in a mental institution because she, you know, believes that she's Santa's sister who lives in the North Pole and got there by reindeer. And, like, doesn't seem to understand, like, like I guess it's, it's like, like you said at the beginning of the movie, it's, like, they don't really seem to understand, like, this is a secret, like, most people don't know about this. Because <laughs> she just doesn't seem to, like, occur to her that people might not believe her. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is my favorite poly look, for real. The, the cowboy hat and the poncho. Yeah. The rhinestones and just great. Uh, she she embraced she embraced so much turquoise. <laughs> I was about to say so much turquoise. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like she needs to stay. She seems to be thriving. Yeah, she's doing a very good job here in Phoenix. And that's uh, these are very good arguments for for Santa and the North Pole is like, can you see love? 
can you see compassion and sorrow? These are things you cannot see, but we believe in them. Mm-hmm. And I hope there are not children watching, but, or listening, <laughs> but Santa Claus, as an idea, mm-hmm. maybe does exist in, in this, oh, in this yeah. sense. For sure, yeah. I mean, I... I I didn't grow up believing in Santa. Um, it was the '90s, and we went to a very evangelical, very like conservative church, mm-hmm. so we didn't do Santa. But um, like, I have always enjoyed like Santa movies, and it's like there's so much to add to like the celebration of Christmas and just like the human experience, just like Santa as a symbol, um, because he is such a good symbol of you know, the way that we should be living. Unfortunately, people kind of restrict that to the Christmas season when really it's like, no, we should just like be this way. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, we shouldn't just give to charities and, you know, help people um, in December. We should do that all the time. Yeah. But it was a start. (laughs) I love this part. (laughs) The therapist says she, uh, she knows a man who um, thinks he's the tooth fairy and she's like, oh, whatever, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> the Frosty's here. <laughs> I love that. He doesn't even come indoors because he's afraid of fireplaces. What a drama queen. <laughs> <laughs> that is like the cutest hospital gown. They are not they are not that cute in real life. I've never found one that's cute. <laughs> my gosh, one time in one of my pregnancies, I had to go to the hospital for a bit to get monitored. And, like, they gave me, like, this ugliest, like, mustard yellow floral. It was like, I was like, do I have to put this on? Like, this is really ugly. <laughs> do not want to put this on. <laughs> She has her cute little candy cane leggings. Disney is making a huge mistake by not offering Noel merchandise because I would buy everything that Noel wears. Yeah, th- that hat alone is really, really cool. The hat and all of her leggings and her mittens. Would, it's yeah, and her mittens. Yes, they're all great. <laughs> so pia guy came to help break her out of the hospital yeah i love you got like when she was getting booked in and they were like it's against the law to assault a police officer she's like i didn't know that it's not against the law where i'm from (laughs) (laughs) because we don't have police officers and then the sleigh appears outside the window at the top floor of the hospital yeah. Kind of proving that she is actually Santa's sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the little baby reindeer. Yeah. And the therapist is down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you're very generous with sunblock. <laughs> and so she makes her escape on the sled and flies back to the, the North Pole. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wonder if, like, them being so conspicuous is, like, it's not really supposed to be a secret. It's just that people are so used to not believing that they don't even see it when it's right in front of their face. Yeah. They with anything to explain it away. <laughs> and this is the best scene. How the entire oh, North Pole is so sad. People are crying. Yes. Just... <laughs> this scene is why my four-year-old is obsessed with Blue Christmas, the song, which I don't oh. care for. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the Elvis? Uh, it's it's okay. I don't hate it. It's just not my favorite. Sure, but I sure. love the Greek chorus of elves, <laughs> like just narrating. <laughs> and then Santa's back. back, and so everybody's happy. And this is uh, kind of the moment, right? This is the. Uh, when they're saying that, yes, Nick, you're the real, you're the Santa, and he's letting everybody know that, no, I don't think I am the, I don't, I don't think I am Santa. I think that Noel is Santa. Yes. Oh, I love this scene so much because it's like it finally clicked for him, like why they've both been having such a hard time, and it's because they're both trying to be somebody that they're not, and yeah. it's. He looks so, like, unburdened right now. Yeah. Like, he's standing up straight instead of kind of slouching like he has been before, crouching and... And (laughs) she's still just refusing to believe it. Yeah, that she could be the Santa. Yeah. Or or not the Santa, Santa. Yeah, and like, oh, sorry. No, no, <laughs> I was going to say maybe. <laughs> Gaffle is like a peppermint stick. <laughs> and yeah. I love this because it's so reminiscent of Airbud. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's the Airbud precedent. <laughs> that there's nothing in the rule that says that a woman can't be Santa. Yes. And you wanted to uh, mention this a bit, that uh, the notion that a woman can't be, in this case, Santa, mm-hmm. but uh, that women can't be certain things because it's it's always for a man. Yeah, like the last time that I watched this, I was like, oh, wow, like I'm kind of seeing this through the Christian lens, of course, which is not, you know, I'm sure not how it was written. So this is just my own projection into the movie, but it made me think about female ordination and how there are so many women in, you know, currently and in the past in the church's history that, you know, could have contributed so much more to the church community and been leaders if they had just been given the opportunity to, you know, try. (laughs) So 
you know, there's so many gifts that go overlooked just because of, you know, the person, the package that the person came in. Yeah. Um, And I mean, speaking biblically, how many women did have huge influence who were allowed to be leaders? And, you know, I I don't know. Uh, It just seems that there were women in charge in the, in, in churches in the Bible. Yeah. Financing, you know, bankrolling everything. There was a, yeah. And there's that story where uh, Paul writes to a church who is the, the church is divided because two female leaders have a difference of opinion. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't say, what are those women doing talking? Why are you listening to them? He literally says, Hey, why don't you guys just, accept each other's differences and, you know, and stay together, you know, for the church. And everybody forgetting the fact that these are women leaders. Exactly. And, yeah, it's just the notion that women shouldn't be or women can't be. and And it really is a problem, this, that the patriarchy is actually good for men or that feminism is bad for men. The patriarchy is particularly bad for me in that I don't have a college degree and I don't make as much money as my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, she considers the money that we have our money, which I'm starting to yeah. learn. But uh, the, just the, the notion that I'm not contributing as much makes me feel really, really terrible. Or yeah. it, it has before. And that, uh, you know, I'm not contributing as much. I'm not good enough because I'm not the one making the most of the money, taking care of her. And if the roles were reversed, it would be okay. Yeah. Like, she shouldn't feel that way if she's not making as much money as me. But I can feel bad because I'm a man. And that doesn't really make sense, objectively speaking. (laughs) um, Yeah, exactly. Because like that has put all of these unrealistic expectations and burdens like on you, like based on this pretty arbitrary part of like the whole person of who you are. Like, you know, it's gender is such a small part of who we are. Mm. And, um, you know, I just, I, I realized that not too long ago in therapy of, you know, I was talking about some stuff and I was like, wow, like if someone really did believe like they're the head of the household, they're the head of the family, they're responsible for like everyone's spiritual lives and everyone's success and taking care of everyone. I was like, well, that is awful. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> want to feel that way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and it, it and it, and in this instance, it's, it's shoehorned Nick into, you know, he was tapped early, you know, probably from the day he was born of, Oh, he's a boy. He's going to be the next in line. He's got to run the family business. He hasn't had any options. And when it, the family business is being freaking Santa Claus, like, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, a lot of pressure to put on someone and he didn't have his freedom of expression to just be who he was. He had to just do his duty and you know, that wasn't good for him. And then like he told her, it's like, nobody's ever expected anything of you. And I mean, he kind of says that in the heat of a fight, but you know, it's true. People just kind of ignored her. They didn't see all these very clear signs. No, she's actually the one who inherited the Santa gift. 
the just because oh she's a girl and that's just their minds turned off they don't even look past that you know yeah so it's not good for anybody um right and what sorry go ahead i was just gonna say except for like a handful of of powerful people it's not really good for anyone so yeah and but the notion is is that what does a woman do with the gifts that she's given you know if she's a really good teacher if she's a really good philosopher a theologian but she's a woman so men can't te- learn from her i mean what is she supposed to do with those gifts yeah it, it, theoretically she shouldn't have had those gifts to begin with if we're going to go through that you know through that point of view but obviously mm-hmm. many 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 women do have that gift and have used it to great success you know so then are they supposed to be silenced? Is that what we're supposed to do with God's gifts? It's it's a silly it, it it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and that's something that that's part of what um that's something that kind of stuck as just didn't sit sit right with me for years and years before I finally like went through what we millennial people are calling uh faith deconstruction. Um, but that was one of the main yeah. things for me. Um, you know, I'm still a believer. I have just, you know, gone through a lot of, of thoughts and, you know, changes this year, but, um, just kind of unlearning some things that I don't think are, you know, true with the gospel. And, and this was one of them just that like, you know, your body determines like what your soul can do. And that just never made sense to me. Um, so I know that's like a contentious, like controversial topic. So I'm sure like listeners disagree and that's fine. I love everyone. Uh, even, you know, if we're not on the same side of it, but, but for me, that was just something that always just did not set right with me because it was like, well, if we're not supposed to do that, then why even give us the desire to like, and our desire is to do good things. So like, how can that be bad? Sure. <laughs> you know, so. But yeah. I, and you know, bringing it back to this movie. Yeah. It is a lot of pressure for Nick to be, to be given this huge task of being Santa. He can't do it, but Noel can. Mm-hmm. Because there are some people who have that ability and who have that the ability to take on that that task. So it's not mm-hmm. saying that uh, you know it, it shouldn't be put on one person. Somebody has to do it, and she can. She has this ability, and you know she enters a home, and it, it's a rough start. Uh-huh. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love this little boy speaking in French, and he's like, "You're not Santa. Santa's a man." And she's like, "Okay, whatever. <laughs> Go back to sleep." <laughs> you know, I, I um, I wish that the movie had like, I know it's a very short movie, and it's a lot to ask of a movie, but just like this idea that oh, women can be Santa. So it makes me wonder, like, how many women in this like Santa line or whatever got passed over when they should have been Santa. Sure. <laughs> so. And, you know, in the real world, it's hard enough convincing people that Santa could be a different race, let alone a different gender. Oh, God, it's, yeah. It's such a dumb argument to have. That I know. Like, <laughs> I love this one. <laughs> she comes down the chimney, and there's a family that's awake, and they're eating Chinese food, and they just look at her and say, uh, we're Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> and she just slowly backs away back into the chimney. 
I um it's uh I really hope that in the years to come we see more movies that have like a different representation of Santa like this. Yeah. Like this is a good start, but I would love to see like some Santas of different nationalities or, you know, ethnicities or, you know, skin colors or whatever. You know, I just I would love to see that because I mean, the reality is, like, we all are Santa. Like, it, uh, you know, it, when we let that humanitarian, like, the compassion for our fellow man and everything, like, we are all Santa in a sense. So Santa should look like all of us. Yeah, the the, the ridiculous debate back in uh, with uh, they were looking for a new Spider-Man. And uh-huh. they said, hey, how about an African-American Spider-Man? Because at the time, uh, Donald Glover was being tapped to be Spider-Man or they, you know, fans were bringing it up that he would make a mm-hmm. great Spider-Man and, oh, he would. and, and yeah, there was this big backlash against it because Santa's, uh, because, I- uh, Santa, <laughs> because Spider-Man isn't, isn't black. He's white. And one of the best Spider-Man movies was, uh, into the, into Spider-verse. the Spider-Verse. Oh, it's so good. I love that movie much and yeah it's and and the funny thing is it's like these comic books it's like they have like a billion different people who take on and assume the role of these different heroes because there's only so much you can do with like one person they move on and another person so it's like you know anybody can be spider-man yeah anybody can be captain america like we have a black captain america now yeah um so and but the whole idea, especially in comics, is that we feel, especially comic book kids, that we can't do enough, that we're not uh, big enough, strong enough. But this notion, like Harry Potter, you know, this mm-hmm. kid, this orphan kid who has to live under the stairs, who doesn't have much going for himself, he's getting picked on. But oh my gosh, you're actually special. You're important. You're actually yes. beloved by this by the world because you're the special savior of ours. Every kid has that fantasy, and now mm-hmm. you're basically telling a bunch of kids, but you, but not you because you're black, but not you because you're Hispanic, but not you because you're you know Jewish or you know or a woman or what or gay or whatever. You're taking that. Yeah. Th- th- that's the most important thing about comic books is that we can be special. Mm-hmm. You know, and exactly. you're taking it away over something so arbitrary and not, you know, but not. And, but again, in comic books, there have been different races of of all kinds of superheroes, and the people who are getting angry are people who've never read those comic books. They just know exactly. the basic representation that you know that we've been given in a cartoon or something. The the most basic storytelling, when the comic books evolve and changed over decades. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I feel like there's a similar thing that goes on in the Star Trek fandom. I don't know if you are into Star Trek. 
I I don't know that we've talked about it. Yeah, and we're um, not, or I'm not, but uh, yeah. Gotcha. Um, well, the the current show has a black female lead, which is um, which is new, and um, you know every time something like this happens, they have a, a trans actor who plays a trans character and a non-binary actor who plays a non-binary actor. And everyone's like just completely belly aching about it and saying it's like political correctness. And I'm like, Star Trek literally is about infinite diversity and infinite combinations. That is in, you know, so that's literally a concept that is praised within the world of Star Trek. So like that is what Star Trek is. And maybe you've missed, you've misunderstood the assignment (laughs) if that's what you're upset about. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing that I know about about Star Trek is that by the time Star Trek happens, they've overcome all of these nonsensical ideas that we have in, in the present. That's why there was a female uh, navigation lieutenant. I don't remember Uhura, what she was. Yes, she was. Uh, yeah, she was um, a black female bridge officer. She was the communications officer, and there was also, you know, this was during the sixties. So in the original series, they had her, and they also had uh, a Russian ensign. They had um, George Takei, who's Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was on the bridge as well. And, you know, this was during a very tense time, during the Cold War, really past, you know, just past World War II, where there's still a lot of animosity towards Japan. And so it was very subversive to show look at all these people working together in harmony right. and they're just coexisting, you know, and it's, it, it's always been subversive. Right. But, <laughs> but, but the, the idea is that, oh yes, those problems don't exist anymore because we have grown in so much, we, we've become so intelligent that we've overcome these barriers. Mm-hmm. And so of course there would be a trans or a non-binary or, you know, anything officer, you know, in these shows. I mean, I think there's even uh, who are the bad guys in the original series with the uh, foreheads. The Klingons. I think the there's Klingons. Klingon officers even like in, yeah. in Star Trek because yeah. again, if you're good at this job and you're with us, then you can be an officer also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, no, that was kind of a tangent, but it's very similar to the comic book um, back, like movie backlash that you see, and just like I can't believe they would do this, and it's like you're just. I don't know what you're mad about other than the fact that the, the lead characters aren't like straight white men. Ah, <laughs> <So. laughs> oh, this movie is so wonderful. Yeah. And, I yeah. really do. <laughs> Sorry. I just kind of completely, it was just kind of her delivering gifts and everything. It yeah. wasn't really anything to, to, um, to comment on, but, and the end credits are so cute. Yeah. And I, I, I really <laughs> appreciate a good animated, like, thoughtfully put together in credit scene <laughs> right because it does it continues the movie the mood the story's over but now you have something to see during the credits which yeah. the the crew the cast and crew appreciate greatly that their names are coming up for something that people want to see oh yeah and like for that reason i really do if i have time i love to just sit and watch the credits because it is just so amazing to me, like how many people it takes to make a movie. And there's just something about that that is so emotional and like right. affirming to me as a creative person. Like, wow, we saw like 
a fraction of these people and everybody else was just behind the scenes and they're the ones who made it happen. And I just love that about movies. Right. And that, that's a big theme that I, that we, that, that I want to talk, that I talk about in this, uh, for with this podcast is that movies are a work of art and it takes all of these people working on this mm-hmm. piece to make this idea come for, come, you know, come to the screen and I grew mm-hmm. up in Los Angeles and I had friends who were writers and directors and actors. And as a result, when I go to the movies, I sit through the credits. I don't know who anybody is. I don't know who they are. And, you know, being in, you know, going to see movies in Hollywood, I've actually been at movies when I'm sitting through the credits. And then you hear like just, a, you know, far down, <laughs> down the ground. And then all of a sudden you hear a group of people clapping you know, when like the the so list of awesome. people just come up, and you're like, oh, there's, either that person's here, or they know the person, and they're seeing this movie that they were participating in because they were like the, uh, I don't know, the second AD to the, you know, to the edit to yeah. the editor or something, the best boy electrician or whatever, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I um I love on Disney Pixar movies. They usually have a list of all the babies that were born to the people who worked on the movies during the time. Oh, that they made that's great! And it's usually quite a lot because you know those movies take forever to make. So right. that's pretty great. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this thank you a for lot doing this for suggesting yeah, it. This I- is great. Yeah, this was so much fun, um, and I am really looking forward to Gina's episode on the man who invented Christmas because that's one of my favorites as well. Yeah, and, and um, I, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this because uh, you know this is a fun little gift to under the podcast tree for Christmas Eve. So hope you guys hey. enjoy it, <laughs> and thank you yes. again for being here, Olivia. This is great. Oh, it's my pleasure. Okay. And so, uh, as always, uh, thank you for coming to the movies with us. I still don't know how to end these. This is very, (laughs) it's always very awkward. So, uh, working on it, signing off. Yeah. (laughs) Good. Goodbye. See you at the movies next time. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. (laughs) You've been listening to the Commentarians podcast, a Raven Creek Social Club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecommentarians. Thank you for listening, and until next time, remember, movies are a reflection of our lives and of other people's lives, and we get to experience them together. Come back to the movies with us. We love sharing them with you.